Welcome to Chit Chat and Chai with your host, R.C. Mala and Ritu. Hello, everyone. We are back. Hope you all had a great Labor Day weekend if you live in the U.S. And hello to the rest of the world. We have listeners all over the globe. We hope you're all doing well and enjoying the last weeks of summer. Well, did you know August 31st is a special day, ladies? No. Okay. Well, no, neither. Yeah, I don't think neither of us did till we did some digging. And it turns out August 31st is National Matchmaking Day. What? Right? (laughs) What the marriage? Like, (laughs) so anyway, it's held annually on August 31st. And this day raises a toast to people who create happy endings for others. And whether they're personally setting the people up or arranging a marriage on behalf of a family or coaching clients as part of professional services, this is a day dedicated to them. And perfect timing because thanks to Simanti and the Indian matchmaking show on Netflix, we now have an episode dedicated on matchmaking. Who would have known? <laughs> I know. Who would have thought? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. And hopefully we'll have some fun with it. Most Indian marriages in the past have been arranged, and whether a matchmaker was involved or a matrimonial in a newspaper, most families sought to find a suitable quote-unquote boy or girl for their child for the sole purpose of marriage. The couple were invited to possibly meet a couple of times, but generally dating was not permitted. Seems archaic, right? But it's true. Some cases, just a photo was presented to each family, and that was it. Right or wrong, that was how it was done and accepted in society. You know, ladies, I think we've all tried to play matchmaker at some point in our lives. I know I have. I Um, have too, yes. Yeah, right? We've always thought, oh, I have someone for you in mind. (laughs) Nieces, nephews. But do do you think it's just a woman thing? Like, I don't see men ever being like, oh, I think I have someone for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Women are always trying to pair everybody up. Right? That's true. That's true. Yeah, I think so. But you know what? I'll go one step further. Just between the three of us, I matchmaked you two. Yeah. (laughs) It can't be between friends, too. You know, that's that's true. That's another way of looking at it, Mala. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I really haven't done couples or girls for boys or boys for girls or anything like that, but I'm good with friends. I'm like, hey, I think I have someone I know you like, and then, you know, work on that. That, that's true. RC, I think you said you, you tried to... Yes, I tried matchmaking a niece of mine and it was through another friend and we had the meeting and everything and my friend and I were so excited. Oh, you're going to be from the boys' side. We're going to be, we're going to get sadis. We're going to be invited. Kaput. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think amongst friends, we always look out for, you know, the sons, the daughters and what we can do and... So, well, choosing a life partner was often viewed as far too complicated a decision for young people on their own. Did you know, ladies, in the Aztec civilization, to ancient Greece, Japan, Jewish communities, and many others have used their elders, which are usually often the women, priests, to intervene to make sure they had the quote-unquote right kind of suitor. So, even in biblical times, there was a matchmaker in Orthodox Jewish communities. I think it's called the Shachan or something to that effect. I'm not 100% about the pronunciation. But in Genesis, in the Bible, Abraham's servant selects a bride for Abraham's son by just observing women at the well, the local village well, I guess. And that was the way that he would choose a wife for Abraham's son 
just based on how she would pour the water and then how she would give the camels water. That was the test. So if she did it well, then she was going to be the wife of Abraham's son. I mean, if that's all it took, ladies, then, you know, I could have passed the camel test. But <laughs> don't you feel like sometimes in, in Indian, I think, don't you feel like in the Indian culture, there's a lot of things that people judge like, oh, I have one. Ladies, I should tell you, my husband told me this. Yeah. He goes, when a boy would go and see a girl back in the day when arranged marriages, you look at the mother-in-law, you'll know how your wife will be yeah. later on, and then you see how clean the bathroom is. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was interesting. I yeah. was they made you walk up and down and like, oh, yeah. <laughs> make sure that you didn't have a limp or something. So I had a friend whose dad, um, they went to see um, a really rich family in India. And then they came back and everything looked really good. The family, the boy's family was super rich. And um, so the girlfriend came home and she thought for sure her parents were going to be like, this is the guy. So the dad rejected that family. And then when she asked the dad, she goes like, what happened? He said, when I went in the kitchen, all I saw was um, just pots and pots and pots of cooking stuff like nastas. And he oh goes, I did not educate my daughter to be going to a place that she's just going to be cooking and spending her time in the kitchen. Smart. Wow. Smart dad. So observant. So it's not know. just all about camels. It could go to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to look out for. Yeah, these things are important. Well, I remember the movie, um, the musical Fiddler on the Roof, and there's that really famous song, Matchmaker, Matchmaker, Make Me a Match. It's where a Jewish family seeks the help of a matchmaker for their daughter. So obviously it's not just Indian communities. Um, there's so many communities out there that needed matchmakers. By the way, there were no camels who were used in that movie. So, <laughs> so in some communities, the role of matchmakers went way beyond sitting families down over tea and asking them what they wanted in a son-in-law. For example, in Aztec law, matchmaking service was provided by older women who did everything. I mean everything. The matchmaker actually married the couples they successfully matched using a ritual in which they tied the groom's shirt to the bride's dress. Oh dear. And then <laughs> after the celebrations, they euphemistically put the couple to bed. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> And then whether that means escorting them to the bridal chamber or giving them ex more explicit wedding date instructions is not made precisely clear. I wouldn't put oh. anything past these people. I want to give them an instruction sheet, A, B, C. Can you imagine how old these couples were when they must have been really young, you think, that they needed that help? Well, they probably didn't need it, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope they untied the thing, though. <laughs> Who unties it? Uh, oh, yeah. Anyways, ladies, have you heard of bundling? No, no. Bundling is a matchmaking traditional from rural areas in the United States, the United Kingdom, and Ireland around the 16th, 17th, and 18th centuries. When a potential couple wanted to get to know each other, bundling meant that they could head to bed together while courting. To make sure nothing untoward took place, the girl would be wrapped up or perhaps placed in a bundling bag. Her legs might also be tied together. The, the boy might have to build his own bundling bag as well. In bed, a bundling board would be placed between the two. So wow. what's the point of that though? I don't understand. You only need one bundled. person bundled. <laughs> exactly. What 
is the point of bundling them? I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to do a visual here. <laughs> Ooh, so they could they could talk to each other, but they want the talking to go anything beyond anything. So but that is yeah. that's hilarious. Wow. Oh my lord. So the origins and attempts to find a scientific way of finding a good match is not just a new thing. It's not just all based on like computer apps and stuff. It was back in the twenties. The Smithsonian had an article which proclaims that there were four scientific tests in order to ascertain whether a potential married couple will thrive or fail. So the first test was you could, you'd have your pulse tested while kissing your partner. Okay, that would not happen in an Indian marriage because they're not allowed to kiss before marriage. So, <laughs> yeah. Second was a measurement of your excitement while watching your partner suffer. What? I know, what would they do to the partner? Oh my gosh. And the third was a smell test. Of you smell each other's body odor. Well, for God's sake, I mean, <laughs> that would be... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the fourth, a surprise. The fourth involved a gunshot being fired in the air to ascertain the nervous reactions of both the parties. If you were too startled, means you were too nervous to be married. Yeah, I'd be wow. a spinster, because I'd be like, oh shit, you did not just do that, and I would be rejected. <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, and by the way, listeners, we're not making this shit up, okay? This is actual stuff we've got on Google and, and, and certified websites, so. Right. Oh my gosh, yeah. I don't think any of us would be married if won that contest, for sure. But it's definitely interesting to hear all these different facts. Right? So today, if you're looking for love, um, they involve algorithms and swipes rather than in-person interviews, bundling, you know, all the other stuff we talked about. So all that ex still exists, but there may be a charm in just going back to more traditional times, like in the Netflix show we mentioned, Indian Matchmaking. So what do you guys think of that show, RC? I watched both seasons and um, definitely interesting to see the next generation as to how they're approaching this matchmaking and why they went to Simanti from Mumbai and um, their thought process and their way, their approach to how they're doing things and why they're doing it. So that was definitely interesting to see. So to be honest, I haven't seen this new season yet. I saw the first one and I haven't seen the new one, but I'm anticipating I probably will. Have you seen any of it, Mala? So I've seen a few, I saw the first one, I've seen a few episodes of the second one. And yeah, just like RC said, I think what um, fascinates me is that these kids are so modern, they're so educated, they're so with it, and yet they're ready to resort back to this old time tradition of Seema Auntie, Mumbai matchmaking, seeing someone, you know? So that's the part that I'm just baffled at is like how what what's going in there these kids minds right? yeah and getting somebody straight from india all the way yeah it yeah. all seems so good normal kids it's like why can't you it's it's yeah. hard to imagine that they're having a hard time finding partners with all the apps and with all the yeah, yeah. Uh, the freedom okay. actually i would say yeah. the freedom to be able to do what we couldn't do a lot right, of right. yeah yeah our generation but definitely worth um, seeing to yeah. get an understanding of how Simanti works and, you know, seeing how these kids are nowadays. 
Right. Yeah. Monty's yeah. definitely gone to the bank to ching to ching. <laughs> She's making some good bucks there. <laughs> She's really cute. She goes, "This is how I work." You know, it, it's really cute when she says that. We won't. We won't say anything more because yeah. <laughs> We'll let Ritu watch the second yeah, season. Yeah, I will watch the second season. So, you know, there are some famous couples that were set up through friends. I don't know if you ladies know, like, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris with her now husband, Doug and Moff. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's kind of interesting. And then, you know, uh, Meghan Markle was introduced by a mutual friend to Prince Harry. And then Justin Timberlake, Jessica Biel, Shahid Kapoor and Mira Rajput. And even Madhuri Dixit and Dr. Nene. Who would have thought Madhuri would have needed to be set up? So, um, ladies, what are your experiences? Ritu? Well, you know, I never thought that I would actually have a very traditional arranged marriage. And while I was growing up in London, it's not that, you know, we didn't have the opportunity to, to find our own partners and stuff. But when I came out here on a vacation, my aunt, on the guidance of my mother, put, took herself into the role of matchmaker. <laughs> <laughs> and you know she had a job to do and she was going to do it so yeah i mean looking back i know everything was done with her best interests at heart my aunt and uncle but when i think about it how it was and how we were introduced and like they were thinking the very same traditional mindset that most indians at that time thought which was well educated uh tall good family you know, established uh, as in making decent money and, and, and so forth. And that was really all that they looked at. They didn't look at what are our commonalities in between, whether we are totally different. My husband's Gujarati, I'm Rajasthani and our language and our food, everything's different, but more than that, it's just our personalities. And so I did fall into the same, like, oh, I've got to do the right thing as a, as a daughter and stuff. Going back, I would say probably I would, it's not a bad idea, but I would definitely say I need much more time before I say this is the person. That was the, my only feeling on that. But So what did you say when they told you that, hey, we have someone to look for you or someone coming to see you? Well, I was actually uh, shocked because I was not, I was here on a vacation. I was not thinking this is <laughs> was the ultimate, you know, and it, it really did all happen just out of the blue. Even my aunt didn't plan it that way. But it, it just started to just kind of fall into one thing after the other. And before we knew it, you know, the families were meeting and, and I was uh, introduced and, and it was just very, very, um, it was like a train just keep, kept on moving forward. And uh, yeah, so again, like I said, I, and we had very limited amount of time. We were only here for about 10 days with my father. So it felt very rushed. And um, again, going back, I think, you know, more time would have been nice. So we didn't get married, but we, you know, I said yes, and we had got officially engaged. Oh, yes. Um, but yes, it, the wedding happened about six months after that. So how about you, Mala? Oh, gosh, yeah. So same, very similar situation. My aunt was visiting from London. Um, I was just... Candy's aunts. Right? I know. I know. She was visiting, and I was just in my last year of college. So my mom is, of course, oh, you know, I have a girl of age. You start looking for someone. We lived in Woodridge, Illinois, so there was no Indians. So my aunt, um, Rekhaben's sister, my mom gave her my high school graduation picture to take with her back to London to say, like, if you find boys over there. My aunt comes to visit Rekha Bajaria, who was one of our guests on the show, 
Rick had been happened to know my husband who was here on a student visa looking for a green card girl. Oh. So that's where the matchmaking came in. So he came to see me in Chicago for three days because when I heard about it, then he said, oh, first he sent me his picture and my mom, oh, such a handsome boy, such a smart boy, such a well-behaved boy. I'm like, oh, really, mom? You can tell all this from the picture? Like, I just, mom yes. called it out. Yeah, I was like, really? All from just one picture? She's like, yes, yes, yes. I go, I'm not going to LA to see anyone. If he wants to see me, he can come here. And 20 years old, she's, I said, I'll need new clothes because I only wore jeans and t-shirts. And she's like, okay, buy whatever you want. This is how immature we were. Farish comes out to see me in three days, we're engaged. And in three months, we're married. Wow. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, RC? Mine um, is a little bit more traditional. Okay. So um, in our family being a Rajasthani, very conservative family at 16, my bio data picture and my data were already typed up. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Cause we knew in the family by 20 or 21, we would get married. So nothing, you know, I'm just going along with it. Didn't think anything of it. And then I was in India and my parents called me back to the States and they're like, we found a boy and we went to Houston and met him and we want you to come and meet him. Okay. I'm 19 at that time. So I know all this is going on in the background because my cousin also got married at 20. I'm the next girl it's expected of me. So I come and, you know, talk to my husband on the phone and he's six years older than me. Okay. So we talk while growing up, didn't talk to boys that much, you know, except in family functions. So it was a little awkward. He's asking all the questions I'm answering. Do I have anything to ask? Not really. Then uh, they decide to come down and meet in person. Next day we were engaged. Oh my gosh. So um, our families knew each other very well. My nani, my grandmother, and my mother-in-law were distant cousins, not bloodly related, but they kind of grew up together. So that part was secure. We know the family, we know the boy and all that stuff. That was just a matter of, do we gel? Do we, but I don't remember at 19 asking any questions. He's telling me everything about himself, what he does and everything. And he just asked me, are you okay living in a joint family? I'm all, yeah. I mean, I've seen it while growing up. So different when you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you're 19 um, years old. What do you know? Like, exactly. You know? Yeah. So um, that, that was my experience. Oh, wow. So it sounds like um, all three of us, did, did you see anybody else? Or was it like Janak was your only guy and Deepak was your only guy? No, I was yeah. introduced to a couple of others in London. But, oh, okay. Yeah. So from if anyone different. from London, they will remember the famous Suman Marriage Bureau. And if you are <laughs> from London and you're a listener, I'm sure you've heard of her. She was in South Hall and she had this little outfit called the Suman Marriage Bureau. I think it's still running today. I don't know. But my mom put my name in there when I turned 20. And I swear to God, it was like the most embarrassing situation. We went there twice, I think. And I was kind of forced to go with my mom and dad. But it was not fun. And I think my dad started to like really not like that whole vibe. Yeah. My dad was a bit more modern. My mom, I think, was a bit more like, oh my God, you know, got to get this chick married off. Otherwise, <laughs> I've got problems on my hands. So that, yeah. that was, I think, most of our mothers and those, those yeah. kids, that was the whole goal. And all three of us are the oldest in our family. Exactly. You're right. That makes a big difference because that's all my mom would say. 
you have to keep the family name. I'm like, we live in Woodridge, <laughs> Illinois. Nobody knows us. I'm like, nobody knows. <laughs> the people in India know. That's exactly. the thing. Let's have our own Zoom and Marriage Bureau. And I'm going to oh. ask you girls. <laughs> I'm going to be Zoom and auntie. Oh my God. <laughs> And I need you to tell me what your bio data would look like um, oh. if you were coming to me today. Ritu, why don't you go first? Oh my God, how fun. Um, all right, this is from the heart, okay? <laughs> Ritu's bio data. I'm a middle-aged curvy woman with a few bumps and lumps. I don't have a saggy bottom, but some parts are now sagging. If you're looking for the perfect bod, then please don't apply here. I have knee issues due to mild arthritis, so you might see me limping and know that, especially in the morning, it might take me 10 minutes to get down the stairs. Please don't expect me to run for your every request because it takes me a while to get up. Some gray hair and laugh lines, but each one comes with plenty of life experiences. Skin color, because you're interested in that kind of shit. It's weedish, but I have a little wear and tear from sun damage. <laughs> if you're looking for someone who isn't scared to speak her mind and has good sense of humor, well, that might be me. I love to laugh and make people laugh. So if you don't enjoy a joke or a prank now and then, I'm not the one. I love to talk and talk and talk on any topic. I've been told I talk in my sleep. And on occasion, I may punch and kick if I'm having a bad dream. Just a word of caution. I love to exercise, dance, read, sing, paint, and hang out with my daughter's friend, family and friends. No exceptions will be made if I am not allowed to do any of these things. And oh yes, my dog goes with me everywhere. If you're not an animal lover, then I'm not your chick. I can cook, but it all depends on my mood. <laughs> if I feel up to it, I'll cook you a three course meal, but most likely you'll find I'm happy with a one pot dish. And many times it could just be a bowl of cereal. Lastly, I do enjoy my occasional bottles of wine. Note, I didn't say glass. P.S. The ship has sailed on having kids. So that's an absolute no. So you can see you will find me a wonderful person to consider for marriage. Please only reply with copies of your bank balance, investments, and picture. And you will be considered for your suitability. I love it. I love the bottles of wine. Yeah. You went to bottles. Yes, I went to bottles. Who's going to stick with the glass? That is amazing. Am, we're middle-aged women. We're going to do whatever exactly, we want. Exactly. <laughs> How about you, RC? Okay, mine is going to be very different. Um, let's see. I'm going to say my height is five, two and a half. I'm short. I'm full of energy. I love to cook and travel. And my skin color is weedish, but in the wintertime, I turn fair. And then, um, let's see, I, I like, I'm an Aries, so I love spontaneous adventures and exploration. And I'm looking for somebody who will enjoy a cocktail with me every day. Witty. I think that's about it. Okay. Oh, to have cool. fun with. Somebody yes. to have fun with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Mala? Mala, go for it. Okay. All right. So, my born, of course, yes, but it was not in India. And that's all you're going to get. My age, I've matured perfectly like red wine. My education, um, I'm too old and it's too late to be bothered by these details. So, just know I'm very healthy. And my family, I have a perfect family, so I don't really need any interference from my partner in that regards. 
and you may associate with my parents and my siblings if they like you. So don't, don't worry about all that stuff. I'm looking for someone who enjoys cooking and eating healthy foods because I ain't doing it. Exercising, walking, traveling has to understand my me time and has to be on standby for me. So when my me time is over, I need you to be available. <laughs> I like the person to be spontaneous. Oh my gosh, the most important, tall and smart. Of course, <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be first. It has to be tall and smart and then financially secure. Hey, right, let's get that straight <laughs> first. So. I asked for the bank balance and investment. Exactly, right? <laughs> After all this, what you get in return is a full package woman, healthy, tall, lots of fun, will light up your life. And if you hang out with me, it'll be a lifelong party. Right? right? How can right. I not find a match? Exactly. I might turn off a few, but you know what? I think you, you're going to get quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was actually so that was much fun. fun. That was you know. fun. And you know what, listeners, you want to send us your perfect matrimonial, please do yes. so. Send us an email. Maybe we can find you someone. You never yeah. know. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. We might start our own little marriage. Yeah, yeah. The one thing we are glad about in today's world is that there are also online portals available for LGBT community and for people looking to meet partners from other backgrounds. The emphasis is on commonalities of interest between two people rather than just economic, social, or community pressures. The old ways were based mostly on if you're an illegible doctor or engineer, then you would command the right to an educated, well-groomed partner, not attraction, compatibility, and shared interest. So, you know, times have moved on, and that's a good thing. Whichever path a person chooses, we always hope they find true love and a soulmate. Also, if marriage isn't one of your life goals, then so be it. More power to you. Live the way you choose. Live the way you want. Don't let family or societal pressure force you down a path you're not ready to do. Our podcasts will continue every two weeks instead of weekly, giving us time to put together great podcasts and we'll give you the chance to listen to any episodes you may have missed. We urge you to continue spreading the word about the podcast. Share with your friends, families, coworkers, and subscribe to the platform that you're listening on so that you will automatically get updates to our new episodes. Look for us on Facebook and Instagram under Chit Chat and Chai. We really appreciate any donations towards the podcast. They'll definitely help us continue with editing and production. We want to give a huge shout out to our wonderful editor, Dia, who always does an amazing job for us. Our goal is to provide entertainment as well as awareness and discussion to many, many important topics that affect not only our South Asian community, but also the world at large. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll go in depth with a specialist discussing women's mental health. Till we meet again, remember life is not short. Life is unpredictable. So always, always strive to stay happy. And add a little spice to your life. And join us again for a little chit chat and chat.